0: Welcome to the new episode of The Digital Wake with Max Tasson-Brown and Danny Watmo. Uh, This week, we've got four new topics for you. We're gonna talk about Periscope and Meerkat. We're gonna talk about Twitter revamping the retweet button, so adding comments instead, um, and a little bit more about Twitter. then we're gonna talk about LinkedIn and employee advocacy, a new app they've launched, standalone from the LinkedIn app. And then finally, we're gonna wrap things up by talking about the button, a new thing from Reddit, that seems really interesting, I think, for the future of how audiences interact with what is a media company, really, in a different way. So, first up, Danny, Periscope and Meerkat. Have you tried it? What do you think? So, I don't know. Everyone's going a bit Periscope Meerkat crazy, but then you kind of step out of the social bubble and wonder, actually, is everyone really going a bit Periscope and Meerkat crazy, or is it just our scenario bubble? So, I guess that's one point that I'd make. But I think the second point is it's been really interesting to see how Twitter has responded to the success of Meerkat. So Periscope and Meerkat will be apps where you turn on the app, you press a couple of buttons, and then you're immediately streaming video live to your, you know, anyone who follows you on Twitter, to, you know, any network you want to publish it to. So it's basically easy live streaming, but then there's a kind of reply functionality kind of baked into it as well, so you can kind of engage with your audience. Yeah, I think one of the big differentiators on Periscope versus Meerkat is that if you're broadcasting on Periscope, you get these little hearts from people popping up from the bottom right-hand corner, because as a normal person, if you were to share something on Meerkat, yes, people can tweet questions to you, but it's a little bit boring and unsatisfying, especially because there's a 30-second delay on Meerkat, On Periscope, the first time I used it, I was walking to go and see a client at Farringdon and you get the messages, but it's much faster. And also because of the hearts thing, because there's this way for your audience to communicate with you really quickly, it felt much more like there was a reason to actually be doing it. Yeah. As like a normal person, it felt like, that's really fun. Like I'm actually seeing people react to this, respond to this. And I think that kind of attitude is really key if you want, you know, someone at a gig to start doing it, feel satisfaction. If you want kids to compete on uh, getting the most hearts like you do with Instagram and things, and and to say, well, I got this many hearts for that performance. I think the hearts element is key to normal people actually caring about a product like this. There was a glimpse of, of the real proof of this the other day when, I think on the day of launch, someone was broadcasting like a fire in New York and yes at the moment and for a while you've had photos tweeted from the scene of things you've had like maybe a vine now and then but to have the video live showing that thing and that's what pops up in your twitter stream i think is massive it's almost the, that's the final end game of twitter it's a so weird tweets go back, back to real citizen journalism yeah. and you know but this is a real of... expression of it before, someone would take a photo or capture a video, and then the media would go and get that and say, oh, can we reshare that? Mm-hmm. Now, they're just going to have to reshare the tweet that contains that Periscope happening. They might embed that card in their breaking news pages. And how good is that for Twitter? I think we talked about this last time. You know, Twitter is really pushing that whole embedded tweets thing. It, it knows that it's never going to get everyone to join Twitter. But as we know, the media absolutely love embedding tweets into articles and, and into, as you say, into live news. There's a reputation thing there, isn't there? So, you know, if something bad happens... It's going to be even worse. Not only <laughs> in the real world, yeah. not only are people going to be tweeting about it and taking pictures of it, but they're all going to be potentially live streaming through Periscope as well. So I can see quite soon down the line that the situation that might occur around that for a brand. But then I guess on the flip side, there are opportunities for brands as well. Product launches, all that kind of stuff, you can see how Fashion Week or some other kind of live here and now event, it could be a really useful medium. I think the thing is, we've been talking about it as real time for quite a long time but there's nothing as real time and immediate as broadcast from the scene and with people who can then interact with that broadcast really quickly. That's the real, real time. And everything brands have been worried about with their reputation, this is the actual serious expression of that. Mm -hmm. This is that really, really happening in a very uncontrollable way. You can't delete the tweet. Mm -hmm. You can't hide from this. So uh, to me, it's the ultimate expression of where Twitter and all social stuff has been taking us to Live, from the scene, at the moment, in everyone's hands, from every perspective. And the only solution is to stop people taking their phones in somewhere. I do think there's a whole, we might just get bored of all of this. I think with other networks and other apps that have come out, we've maybe seen that kind of saturation point. Maybe with things like Vine, where you feel as though it reaches a level where there's only so much creativity that is actually going to enable that platform to continue to grow and I wonder if Periscope's going to be able to fit it like that. But maybe that's not what it's for. So one thing I think it's yeah, it's not about the app it's about the notification more Yeah, and this type of notification could show on Twitter or yeah. Facebook yeah. or any network you're ever on. You're very unlikely to go to the Periscope app but you're very likely to see Periscope things pop up that pull you into the app. So do you think Meerkat will disappear? Meerkat's best bet is probably an acquisition yeah. from the smart people I read. Second on our list today we're talking about Twitter and revamping the retweet. Twitter's relationship with the retweet has been fraught from the very beginning, because as we know, the retweet was something that was created by the community. At the beginning, it was literally as simple as copy and pasting the tweet, sticking it into a reply, putting RT at the beginning, and then, you know, adding a comment if you want to. It's mad we did that, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what Twitter was like for years. Uh, and then suddenly Twitter kind of cotted onto this and was like, okay, maybe we should build this into the proper functionality of the platform. And then Twitter came out with their quote tweet, which was their their version of the kind of old-style retweet. Anyway, it's totally confusing. I think finally Twitter have done probably what they should have done in the first place because I think people do like the opportunity to add comments and add commentary around things. And I guess what has come through this new form of quoting tweets is integration with Twitter cards. I think this is part of the whole trend of Twitter cards and being action and caption to the point where it can become recursive and actually the action, in the, you know, the core asset in the tweet that you're annotating with your comment is just another tweet. So actually it's just making the hierarchy of Twitter cards consistent now. I think the original plan for Twitter was more around the reply. So it was more about having conversation around some things. Like group conversation. That was that text, you know, that, that was kind of came from the whole text messaging base point and I think over time it's now transitioned to a point where actually the reply is often not as important for many Twitter users as publishing content. Twitter has definitely got less interactive. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is necessarily related to it but I agree, I think Twitter was probably annoyed by the fact that people still, they didn't just want to retweet things blindly, they did want to add context. When people want to embed tweets on other sites, which, as again, we've already said, is, is a key um, strategic direction that Twitter's pushing in, this is also quite a nice way to add context. I suppose all of this just makes Twitter more user-friendly, because yeah. whenever someone is referencing something, you can actually see what that thing is now. Yeah. Which has always been the way with things like Facebook. It was always you post a link and it would show a preview. This is probably the first good thing Twitter has done for its users in about three or four years. So the new retweets... <laughs> New retweet, thumbs up. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a fan. The other thing with Twitter is obviously the takeover. Is Google going to buy Twitter? Every six months, there seem to be rumours about Twitter being acquired by somebody. It usually causes uh, the share price to jump, which it did this week by about 4%, I think. I've always thought that is a really interesting prospect. Google has always wanted to be successful from a social media standpoint. They have tried so many things over the years none of them have worked for me overnight buying twitter would solve a lot of that it would also be the best thing that could possibly happen to twitter twitter's issue is it's corrupted so much the fabric of what made it great because it's had to go and find ways to turn itself into value to vest for the vcs who put money in early on. so just like google runs youtube and they don't make a load of money off of it if they could run twitter knowing they don't necessarily make a lot of money out of it directly but they've taken out a big threat potentially down the line they've stopped anyone else using it and that's strategically valuable enough for google it could mean we could kind of get the twitter back that we used to have in some ways a bit more flexible people can make twitter clients that they want to but anyway i'd love to see twitter get bought i, I would put in a bid myself yeah maybe we can let's do a joint if you're listening to this anyone else you you can get a slice of this pie we'll take twitter <laughs> back <over. laughs> Kickstarter. So, la- well second last thing on our agenda is LinkedIn and they've released an app to encourage employee advocacy. Firstly, this whole employee advocacy thing I think is a massive boom area at the moment. We're seeing a hell of a lot of businesses looking at ways in which they can use the big employee base they have as a way for them to amplify the messages. Finding a way to get employees to be that mouthpiece for your business, I think it makes a lot of sense and doing it in a kind of controlled way. Um, and, you know, there are loads of companies out there like Dynamic Signal that allow some of that kind of stuff to happen um, really effectively. So many of the companies we work with are B2B sales operations, generally enterprise sales operations, where you've got the sales guys all over LinkedIn. It's their favorite thing in the world and they're contacting yeah. people all the time. Yeah. In fact, here's a story. I was sitting in a client's office today, and I was sitting with the sales team, actually. And one of them was making fun of another because he'd become a more searched-for employee on the company's (laughs) page. You have, like, a league table of which have been the most active employees. And he was saying, ah, I'm beating you and everything. LinkedIn is, like, the most serious thing in the world for salespeople, other than maybe Salesforce. The other thing that's interesting about LinkedIn is it's all about this graph. Like I talked about my graph marketing kind of concepts before, and that's this sense that if you can reach the people that are in touch with the other people you want to influence, that's going to make a big difference. Well, yeah. that's kind of the whole logic of LinkedIn. So if LinkedIn offers an app that says you want to reach these kinds of people, maybe because LinkedIn already knows you're advertising these kinds of people, of the people you currently employ, these ones reach most of them. hmm sends a signal to these ones, mm-hmm. which then reaches the people in Yeah, so there's network. a bit of a social graph thing that you could potentially pull into it as well. Done. But that is probably the easiest, most visible place to find that graph. Yeah. For business stuff, for B2B stuff, certainly. So mm-hmm. it makes tons of sense. What's interesting is how much you could replicate that if you just export your LinkedIn connections into a CSV file mm-hmm. and do it with data. Yeah. But I, you know, it, it's definitely an interesting move. And I think LinkedIn... Are, in terms of a product development kind of standpoint, I think they're doing some quite interesting things at the moment. But this sense that businesses are made up of people, those Mm -hmm. people are connected and that you can unlock value like this from it is one of the best ways to leverage what makes a social company tick that I've seen from, from anyone. If you want to get news out or you want to communicate something from a business, it's actually often much more effective if that comes from an individual rather than from a branded account the power of linkedin is it's all about individuals um and okay yes you have kind of branded pages and stuff but it's actually much more effective if i have a black book of contacts on linkedin for me to share information than it is for my company to be sharing that directly it feels much more credible it feels much more personal and again, I think it's, it's always surprising to me that it's taken so long for this sort of marketing approach to become more accepted by, by businesses. So last up, to wrap things up, we've got a little invention from Reddit, which I think is a fascinating community and corner of the internet. And they've launched something called the button. And the logic of the button is, it's literally a button on a page, Anyone who registered on Reddit before the 1st of April this year can click on the button whenever they want, but you get one click, and you'll click on the button, depending how long you've, you've let the button tick down from 60 seconds to zero seconds, you get a different colour membership flare on Reddit. Like, what happens when it actually gets to zero? So go to the page. But I think it's definitely going to do something, isn't it? No, I think that's the point. Here we go, here we go, here we go. So... Alright, so if this gets down into like this area before the end of the podcast, I'll click it. So you you don't think something's gonna happen when it gets down to zero? I think this is simply a demonstration of pretty much what makes all the online communities tick, which is there is some central game you're all playing to some extent. There is the allocation of uh, reputation and authority and prestige from that. And this is the game we're all playing. It's, it's so fascinating. We should say we just loaded it up. And it is actually quite um, compelling. compelling viewing <laughs> uh, in a really sad way. There's a kind of social proof, uh, you know, community pitted against each other type aspect to it that makes it very compelling. Angry. It's like, but lost, you're not as it? much of an internet nerd as I am. I know online communities and things like this when it runs out, when it stops, when it finishes, some people will be annoyed about it. Some people will say that's amazing. Some people will talk about the Nazis as an example. All these things always happen with online communities. It's why I think it's one of the purest forms of what it's like to be on the internet today. (laughs) It's this unpredictable return on you giving your attention to this thing. This is the epitome of our lives and our profession at this point. This is another demonstration of if you don't actually have a community, You don't get the ticking over numbers like this. The game actually serves to demonstrate a level of activity. Mm. It shows how active the community is. It actually increases your perception of how active the community is. The the other great organization that I think creates content and material in this format is Us Versus Them. Yeah, big fan of them. What's so much of this is the mystique part of it, isn't it? You don't know. You don't know why it's there. You don't know why it was created. You don't know what the purpose of it is. You know, that's half of it. That's half of why people are so intrigued by it. It's why the Guardian have written an article about it. There's there's that sense of the not knowing. Do you think marketers give away the answer too easily? I think we're often not good enough about teasing our audiences. I guess the sad bit now is that obviously you need the community to go and do those assertive things because yeah. you know someone's listening yeah. who will actually care. And because all these brands got encouraged to go and buy a load of Facebook likes and run competitions if so you follow them on Twitter. Yeah. So few of them actually have that. And it's yeah. such a mess now, isn't it? Yeah. That brings us to the end of the digital wake for the so, yeah. latest episode. Periscope, we kind of like. Twitter, retweet, we like. LinkedIn, elevate, we kind of like. And the button... Who knows? We like the button. The button is good. So thank you for listening. Do let us know any feedback. We'll be be back again soon. And you've been listening to The Digital Wake with Max Tatton-Brown and Danny Watme.